Welcome to the Financial Advisors Advisor, the podcast offering guidance and advice on all things concerning financial advisors, RIAs, and the practitioners. Brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, it's the go-to podcast for any financial advisor in the wealth management business. Learn more and subscribe today at EliteConsultingPartners.com slash podcast. And now, here's your host, Frank LaRosa. Hey, everybody. This is Frank LaRosa, CEO of Elite Consulting Partners. I am the Financial Advisors Advisor. Welcome to the show. As always, I'm here with my uh, trusted uh, compadre, Dale Dempsey. What's up? Good morning, everyone. Having a great morning so far. Saturday morning. Yeah. What's, uh, what's on the agenda for today? Soccer and then uh, music lessons. Yeah. Like herding cats watching soccer at that age. <laughs> yeah. Five and seven. It is. In fact, they have four fields going at once. So it's That's a lot of noise. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. That's good. A lot That's of laughter. Fun. It's fun. fun. Yeah. Fun <laughs> <laughs> We'd rather be here on a Saturday sometimes. Um, <laughs> hey, but thanks for joining us. We are excited about today's topic. Today, we're going to talk about what some view as a uh, almost like a dirty word, and that is lending. You know, we talk to advisors all the time. And uh, they complain that their managers want them to do lending. And, oh, my God, it's uh, pushing it down our throats. When in reality, leading with lending, which is, what I, which is the term I like to use, can be really advantageous to the, to the business. And so today, we wanted to really just go over sort of the three reasons why leading with lending or having lending as a component of your uh, asset gathering practice makes a lot of sense. And so the, primary, the three primary reasons... And we have some notes here. We're going to go back and forth every once in a while. But the primary reasons are, one, it's a, it's a way to increase your assets. Two, it's a way to increase your revenue on your assets. And three, it's a client retention tool, an asset retention tool. And so I think it's those three components. If you look at lending that way, it makes you know makes a ton of sense to incorporate that into your business. So in terms of increased client assets, right? And you you hear this all the time talking about guys that Merrill or wherever they are and they're compl- you know they have a lot of assets, they have a, a lending book. A lot of it's margin and for this topic we're not really talking about margin uh, we're not really talking about mortgage business. A lot of people think lending mortgages that's a great service to offer to a client, but that's not what we're really talking about. And we're not really even talking about margin. And so maybe I'll just take a step back and explain sort of the, a brief high level difference between margin and and the type of lending I'm talking about which is really non uh, non-purpose loans. They're still using equity. Both of them are using your your equity positions or your fixed income positions as collateral, but the diff- the real difference between margin and non-purpose loans is your re- release rates. So the amount of money that the firm, the institution is going to lend you against your stock positions or fixed income position. So with margin, it's 50%, right? So you got a million dollar equity portfolio, they're gonna lend you 50% of that, right? So up to $500,000. If it's a non-purpose loan, typically on equity position. So non-purpose means you're not using the money to go out and buy more stock, to buy bonds. You're gonna, you're, you're using the money, you're taking it out of the firm and you're gonna go buy real estate. You're gonna go buy uh, a new business venture. You're gonna reinvest those dollars in something else other than 
the stock market. Less volatility. Less volatility. They don't want you to take a non-purpose loan and then and then have the money come back in, which is one of the reasons why firms will always look at the origin of the funds that you're depositing. They want to know where's the money coming from. So that's a whole other topic. So it's not mortgage. And these are asset-backed loans, non-purpose loans. Non-purpose loans. Um, and so uh, again, so with margin, with equities, you get a 50% release. A non-purpose loan, you're, you can get up to, and some banks, you know, some firms tweak that a little bit based on their level of conservativeness or whatever, but typically up to 65% release. Okay. So, so a million dollars, you're get getting- 650 instead of 500, right? Yeah. If you have fixed income, treasuries, munis, those types of things, less volatile, generally, not always, but generally, most institutions will release up to 80 to 85%. So much higher release rates. And your loan, the rate is typically lower than a margin rate. So it's going to be based off of LIBOR. You know, it could be LIBOR plus one, LIBOR plus 50. However, it depends on how big the loan is, right? The bigger the loan, the more competitive the uh, the firms are willing to be on those rates. And so th- that's sort of the sort of high level, you know, margin versus versus um Non-purpose loans. Mortgages versus, when you say lending, you're, right, yeah. that's what we're really talking about. Again, I'm not about. talking about okay. mortgages. Uh, mortgages is uh, it's a great service to offer to your clients, but it's not necessarily going to help you bring in a ton of assets like like what I've seen because your house is the collateral. Well, right? uh, so are you talking about, you're obviously you're talking about existing clients. Are you talking about, well, is this, can you use this to prospect? Yeah, actually, that's a great point. And so you can use this strategy and going after lending for your existing clients, but it's also a great way to go after prospects that you know have a lot of wealth. And the idea here and how this helps you bring assets in is when you're going to a client and they need a, say they need, they want to buy a building and they need, well, they want they need a million dollars and they have, let's say they have um, a million dollars with you and it's all in in uh, stocks, right? So your firm is gonna is gonna lend them up to five hundred thousand dollars. You're gonna give them a pretty good rate, but this still doesn't get them to the million dollars that they need to borrow for the building. But they have this it doesn't matter the institution Wells Fargo account where they have three million dollars. So now you're gonna have this conversation with your client about look, we can get you to the to the million at a favorable rate, but we need you to bring over that Wells account. Because that'll get us the release rates that we need with some cushion, right? You don't want to borrow as a client. You don't want to borrow right up to those release rates because if the market cracks or something, then you're then you're going to have a margin call. You're going to have a call on the on the loan. So, so when you tell the client, yeah, no problem, we're going to still get you that a great rate. You just have to move over that that three million dollar Wells account. They do it, right? And okay. now all of a sudden, you got three million dollars in new assets that, by the way, get to go into managed money or some conservative advisory portfolio where you start collecting a fee on, which sort of gets to the number two, which has jumped ahead a little bit, number two, about how do you make money? It increases your revenue because you get that stuff. Point point number one, right? So you, point you number, to, how to increase your revenue. Right. Okay. Point I, number one is, a, is the asset part, right? Which leads into number two. But to answer your question though about- Really prospecting. Prospecting yeah. is, it's the same principle. So you have somebody in your circle- that you know is a wealthy individual and you're, you know, maybe you're not comfortable asking them, you, you know, they have a, a, a $5 million or $10 million Merrill Lynch account, 
But everyone's coming to them saying, oh, I'm a better asset manager than that guy, or I can manage your money better. That person has heard that all the time. What they haven't heard is, hey, look, Bob, well, I'd like to do something for you. The next time you want to review your, your loan rates, because most likely those clients, wealthy clients, borrow money, especially now when interest rates are so low. And oh, by the way, they're going to be doing it more and more because as interest rates, they know the interest rates are going to start to tick up. They're going to want to lock in some low rate loans right now and, and invest those dollars because they know what they can turn what they can turn on that money when they're investing. You know, as a business owner, I know what I can do with if I invest X amount of dollars in the business, I know what the turn is going to be, right? So you're going to go to that client, Bob, and say, I'd like to, the next time you are looking through this stuff, I'd like to be able to compete for your loan business. And I think I can help lower your rates. So if you ever want to review your loan sheet, let me know and I'll see what I can do. You think most most, most clients? Most wealthy clients, when, when they're being offered by somebody to help lower their rate on a loan, are going to take them up on it. That was my Why question. wouldn't they, right? If you can lower my rate by half a point on $5 million or $3 million or whatever it is, it's significant dollars. Um, so you're sort of flipping the conversation. You're not asking them for their assets, right? You're not asking them to give you something. You're actually asking to give them something, which is a lower rate and saving money. You're helping them, they, potentially helping Potentially them. helping them, right? Sure. And even if they give the information and and the other firm is giving them a great rate, it's competitive, which is great, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, Bob, you got a great rate there. I don't really want to put you through the hassle to you know to save you, you know 10 basis points. Might not be worth it for you. Let him know that. They might give you the loan business anyway because you were honest about it. But it, that's a great way to bring over assets. And so to get to, to number two, and you, you've heard this a lot where you're telling these, these um, advisors that are complaining that they have a lot of loans and they're not getting paid on it. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, we commonly say it's, you don't, don't worry about the, the lending, the loans. That's it's more or less a loss leader because you're going to get new assets if you're doing lending, no matter where you are. Right. Right. Yeah. So we don't want you to focus on, oh, well, I'm not doing lending because my firm's not paying me on it. That's a very short-sighted or what I call like small ball the way to look at things. You will get paid on it because as we discussed in point one, if you bring over new assets, if you bring over a million dollars or $5 million, I've had situations with some advisors that I've managed where we've brought over $40 million, right? Because the client wanted to take out a huge loan and in order to get the loan that they needed, they had to move forty million dollars from their from their Wells account, where we knew they had one hundred and fifty, right? So he moved over forty. That forty million dollars went into advisory accounts, where the advisor was getting paid, you know, seventy five basis points, wherever the fee was at the time. So when you oh, bring over great. those right, when you bring over those assets, they're not sticking that money that they're borrowing against in cash. They're investing it because they hopefully are going to get a better rate of return than the lending rate that they're using. And so you're getting paid on that. That's how you're going to get paid. The other way you're going to get paid, which is almost like by default. So in this scenario where you have a million dollars with your client and they want to borrow, they need half a million dollars to pay for something, whatever it is. Instead of them liquidating half of the million dollar account that you're collecting one and a half percent on. Aha, uh-huh, right? sure. 
they borrow the half a million dollars right against the account and now you're now you're you've helped them you've given them a good rate and you're still collecting your one and a half percent on the million dollars or half a million dollars that would have been lost so you're you are making money you're preserving your revenue it's sure like you're pre- preserving and gaining yeah it's like preservation on one front client retention we sort of sort of haven't talked about that yet but yeah sounds like those two things are happening. As long if you're if you're lending, if you're in that conversation all the time, you're you're doing very well for your practice in terms of absolutely the, the clients absolutely. happy. You're maintaining your revenue. You're adding value. Okay, right. So number three is client retention. This is one of those where you a lot of times you don't see it until it's too late. Right, you get that call from your client saying, "Hey Dale, I, you know I I love you and, and you've done a great job." But I got to take that five million away from you because the guy at Merrill is going to give me this great rate. I need I'm buying a building and I need the I need the loan and he's providing me with you know LIBOR whatever fifty. And then you're you're scrambling to figure out can you get it done. Meanwhile, he's already gone through the process with with the guy at Merrill and you're out. And so by not offering or even talking to your client about this stuff, letting them know you do it, you're leaving your flank open, right? You're leaving an opening for your competitors to have that conversation. Because especially like if you have wealthy clients where they well, they have operating accounts at banks and which is where they usually are, every time that that client walks into the uh, bank, and I know it happens to me sometimes, not that I'm wealthy, but it happens to me, a business owner, they're looking for ways to capture more of my business. You know, hey, can we offer you a loan, blah, 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 right? It's it's happening to your clients everywhere they go. And if you're not doing it, someone else is going to do it. Yeah, you need to be in the conversation with the client you at the need, very that's least. That's a great way to put it, Dale. You need to be in the conversation. And so here's what I have found is the, the best way to be in that conversation. Just call your client, talk to your client or your prospect, whatever it is. But let's just say for this topic, your client. And you say, hey, Dale, just wanted to one last thing before we get off the phone. I, I know you do a lot of lending. I know you're you know really active in real estate or whatever. I'd like to just ask you a, f- a favor, which I think will really benefit you. You know, the next time you have a need for a loan, you know, I like to compete for that business. I'm not saying I can better the rate. You know, I can help you with that potentially, and I can look at your loans. But the next time something comes up where you want to borrow some money, I'd like to just think about me. And give me an opportunity to compete for that business. They're never going to say, no, that's not happening. They're going to go, okay, I'll do that. I mean, I've had those situations where we had an advisor do that on more than one occasion. And, you know, weeks later, the client comes back and says, okay, I need some money. I'm not going to get into some of the details because it's sort of a recognizable individual. But had the conversation, client came back, the exact scenario brought in a ton of money and uh, did a huge loan. And so it's just a real simple question. I'd like to compete for that business the next time it comes up. Is it the same question if you're prospecting? If you're prospecting, it's almost the same question. Hey, Dale, you know, uh, this is great. You know, the game is great. The conversation will come up, you know, hey, I know you just bought that, you know, that new building over on, you know, Fifth Street or whatever the whatever you want to talk to them about is say, hey, look, the next time, I don't know if you know, but my my firm can really handle a lot of uh, lending lending opportunities. So if you'd like, the next time you have an opportunity, 
I'd like to compete for that business and maybe I can give you a better rate than you're currently getting. You never know. I'd like to be able to help you out with that. That sounds pretty straightforward and simple. I don't know. So wait, wait, why wouldn't most advisors do this? I know. It's crazy. So most advisors that uh, shun the you know lending conversation is because they think it's going to, if they don't, if the client doesn't get the rate that they want, it's going to piss the client off. It's not like sign in one form, right? There's paperwork that has to be done. And maybe the rate isn't as great and they're going to get, and, and they, they're worried that the client's going to get pissed off. But don't most clients know, I mean, if they're doing lending, they, they know there's paperwork involved. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, which is so what put, I tell you. Put yourself guys. in the client's shoes. Right. Put yourself in the client's shoes. These are smart people. They're wealthy for a reason. They're not wealthy because they're dumb. They understand, like to your point, lending is done through you know a banking institution. There's paperwork involved, and it takes some time. So what I advise advisors, as the financial advisor's advisor, what I advise advisors to do is just manage the expectations of the client, so that you are involved every step of the way. That there's going to be some. You know, hurdles that you get to work through not, not won't be a problem. You'll work with them on that. You'll do what you can as the advisor to make that process as easy as possible for them. That's all they're looking for. They don't want it to encompass their entire day. So if they know that you're working on it on their behalf, it makes them feel better. And look, at the end of the day, even if the client, even if you're a firm, so you get this opportunity client does all this stuff and your firm just comes back with a rate that's higher than the than the current rate that he has. Okay. At least you tried. At least you sh- showed value. At least you can position it like, hey, Dale, you know, we went through this and I'll be honest with you. I think you have a better rate where you are today. You know, I appreciate the opportunity. But right now, I, I would I would advise just keeping the loan where you have it today. One, you're in the conversation. Two, you're, you're giving them good advice. Give them great advice. Right. If there's a third point in there, but but you're adding value. You're adding value, right? And so, you know, that's a conversation sometimes that they have. They're always wondering, as a business owner, you're always wondering, are the rates that I'm paying the best rates out there? And so now you've checked the box for your client that yes, check, your rates are pretty good. So that's my shtick about leading with lending. I think it's really important. I think if you Focus on this as a way of gathering assets, doing it the right way. It's easily, I call it a $50 million question. You can easily bring in $50 million in new assets. If you just ask the question the right way, make sure you get your your lending folks, You know, make sure the people that are going to be doing the business understand that you're going to make this a core part of your, of your practice so that they jump, they're willing to sort of you know, run through walls to get stuff done for you, for your clients, bring them into the mix. But it's a, you know, what I call the $50 million question. So that's that. Thanks a lot for uh, joining us today. We hope you can take this information, bring it back to your practice, go talk about it, be an evangelist about lending and uh, bring in $50 million or more. And uh, thanks for returning to everybody who, who is, who has Send us emails, questions. That's where one of the. That's where we got on this topic. Share us, like, yeah. Go buttons, to uh, go to our website, eliteconsultingpartners.com, Spotify, iTunes, wherever else people listen to their uh, their their podcast. We our website, YouTube. Call me directly on my phone line. 
Everybody knows the, everybody knows the number eight, by five, now. Eight five six three one six four six five three. Very. Or Frank is four six five one. one. Uh, anyway, thanks guys. We appreciate it. Have a great See you day. next week. Bye bye. You've been listening to the Financial Advisors Advisor Podcast, brought to you by Elite Consulting Partners, the leading experts in advisor transitions, succession planning, and broker-dealer and RIA M&A consulting. If you're looking for strategic advice or solutions on any of those topics within the financial services industry, or you just want to subscribe to the podcast, head on over to EliteConsultingPartners.com. 